Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast with myself, as always, the man who once had a beard and then didn't and now has one again, Jeremiah Stringer. <laughs> Welcome to the Jeremiah Stringer headquarters. Dude, you're looking very GQ today. Thank you very much. It was shaving the beard. Yeah, yeah. Looking very <laughs> GQ, man. The hair looks good. You got the, the pleather jacket on. and Well, I took a shower today. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a first, but you know. A lot of firsts today. I like it, man. I like it. That's going to bring up the ratings for the uh, the podcast if people are going to get online and watch it. Yeah, like, yeah. Man, look at that. That Jeremiah Stringer's a good-looking man. Well, it may turn them away, but if they want to watch, as always, you can check it out on the Backpacking, Post, you, Backpacking Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, see our ugly mugs or beautiful faces. Yeah, we actually, we actually did our first intentional live stream just yesterday. We recorded it yesterday. Mm-hmm. On that uh, channel. On that channel. Mm-hmm. We usually don't do it on that channel because we just don't have a lot of subs yet on that channel. Mm-hmm. And for subs, that means subscribers. But uh, we don't have a lot of those on that channel. Yeah, 300 so, as of the date of recording this, 300 or so. Yeah, so we picked up about 50 in the last couple of days because I think we were at around 250, something like that, a couple of days ago. Yeah. So we'll keep working. Yeah, we'll get that built up. Dude, again, I just want to continue to congratulate you on the success of your channel, man. Well, thank you very much. You're, you're quickly becoming a celebrity. and Well, I wouldn't go that far. Just saying, man. Just saying. And and I get to be in your presence. It's so. on the up and up. It I'm is. having fun, man. Keep making videos. It's very motivating whenever you start having some success. Very Absolutely. motivating to keep going because it's easy, especially with all the stuff that we went through during 2020 and the COVID and how you just, uh, like, I don't know about everybody, but I was pretty apathetic toward a lot of things. Yeah. And, you know, you're off work. You don't have a strict schedule. You know, so... Your life isn't very structured. You know one of my favorite things about the South? What's that? Is things always have the in front of them. <laughs> what? Because you, you, said, you the? said the COVID. And like when people get cancer, they, oh, have, did I? they have the cancer. <laughs> and it's like they have, and, it, and diabetes is not diabetes in the South. It's the diabetes. <laughs> the diabetes. You know, the diabetes. <laughs> this so. is pretty close to linguistic racism, I would say. Nah. No? Nah. Because I didn't, I'm not making fun of it. I said I love it. Oh, you love it. Okay. I love it. I mean, yeah. it's, to me, it's like, it's one of those, you know, like when, well, you wouldn't know this because you grew up in the South, but for, when you're from the North and you met a girl with that Southern accent, mm-hmm. she's like this Southern belle and you mm-hmm. found it kind of attractive because it's just kind of adorable, the Southern accent on this girl. And yeah. so, so things like, you know, the diabetes, yeah. that's just- Bless your heart. Bless your heart, which yeah. means you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for people who are wondering, I'm- Technically, they call you, me, and Mister Backpacking with Jason, sir, the Kentucky Boys. That's what everybody yeah. calls us with with the backpacking stuff. But the backpacking stuff, yeah. Um, but I'm technically, I mean, I've lived in Kentucky for a while. Yeah, for a while, probably longer, mo- longer more than, than I've anywhere been else alive. I've lived. Yeah, longer than no. Yes, no. Oh, sorry. You were born in the '80s, weren't you? No, '92. Oh, and that was the year I moved down here. Oh. But then I left for four years. Yeah. So, so technically, you've got me by about four years. Yeah. You were born in 92? I was born in 92, yeah. And I left Kentucky to live somewhere else for a month. That's it. Wow. Yeah, I went to college. Went to college at WKU and then done a study abroad in Ecuador. So and so, so when the Kentucky Derby's going on and they play my old Kentucky home, you kind of tear up a little because it means uh, something to you. Yeah, just stream the tears. Just not, stream the tears. <laughs> not really, but they do. <laughs> they I find it a little bit weird. Um, and I know everybody wants to hear us talk about backpacking. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but, We're we got some stuff to talk about today. But after every UK game, they play my old Kentucky home. Everybody stands around with their hand over their heart or their hands behind their back and, uh, you know, just in honor of that. But they do it whether we win or lose. And after a loss, I really don't want to hang out <laughs> <laughs> and listen to my old Kentucky home. But whatever. Yeah, no Bleed big deal. blue. No big deal, man. 
No yeah. big deal. So today, today I actually have something I want to talk about. Today. Okay. Like we're kind of free form most of the time, but today I kind of want to talk about something that I think would bring up a lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about things that backpackers should avoid doing, but somehow they always end up doing it. Okay. Yeah. So, so I want to start off with a topic that gets brought up a lot among backpackers. Mm-hmm. It just comes up, and anybody who's listening to this who's a backpacker understands this. But pooping in the woods. Yeah. A lot of people, like we joke about the poop game. Oh, yeah, the don't poop in the woods. The don't poop in the woods game, yeah. You can play that too far. Oh, yeah. You, you can play that too far. Like, I was joking, at, at, you or I, one of the two, we were joking in, a, in an episode last year, uh-huh. or almost a year ago, wow, that's been that long, dude. I know, it's crazy. It's crazy, but um, in an older episode, I made a comment about taking Imodium before the trips just so I wouldn't have to poop. Uh-huh. And that was a joke. Like, yeah. that wasn't for real. But uh, there are people who do things like that so they don't have to poop in the woods. Yeah. And you can really get yourself sick Yeah, if you do that. And if you're holding it too long, like, story time. Story okay. time. I got story a story, time. too, about almost pooping on myself. Mine's not almost. <laughs> um, oh, no. So, Kilimanjaro. Oh, wow. Now, here's the thing about when you're hiking on Mount Kilimanjaro, uh-huh. there are no... Like you get up to a point, there's no trees. Yeah. None. There's just large rocks everywhere. Mm. And so to poop, you would have to like get off the trail, go about a hundred yards away and find a large rock to sit behind mm. so that you can poop and pray that there's nobody coming up behind you. But the problem is there are hundreds of people at any given moment that are hiking up that mountain. Oh, uh, yeah. And so you risk bare butt views with. Bad stuff happening yeah. while people are walking up behind you. Every time you poop, you got to be on the lookout. You got, you do, man. And it's like you face one way; they're seeing your face, which I think is worse. Mm. But coming the other way, they're seeing something they don't want to see. <laughs> yeah, so both ways are bad. There's no win here, right? <laughs> so we're hiking. I can't remember. Uh, it was probably day four. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing was they had toilet. They had a toilet that they, the um, the porters would bring up. And mm-hmm. set at camp. So I would always, if I ever had to, I could hold it for a couple hours and just go when I got back to camp. Well, this one night, we get back to camp, and I've been holding it for hours. Because I am i don't want to I don't want embarrass anybody, and I don't want to look anybody in the eye either. You know, yeah. it's just like, I just don't want to deal with that. So I hold it, and I hold it, and I hold it. And uh, I, I get to, to camp, and there's the, you had, each time you got to a camp, you had to sign in. Is what that would do then is then they would email your family and say you made it to the next camp. Oh, okay. It's just kind of a safety thing. So sure. they knew that everybody who was on the mountain was getting where they needed to go. Mm-hmm. So we get to camp. I, I go up and I, I want to sign, but the line is forever long. Yeah. I'm not in a good place right at this point. Okay. I'm just not in a good <laughs> you start place. To sweat. The stomach, stomach is hurts. gurgling, dude. I mean, like, it's like angry and yelling at me. Like, my stomach is going, find the freaking toilet. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, so I'm like, and you can't breathe, like you can't breathe, so you can't run, right? Yeah. But I run. Oh no! I didn't care. I didn't care. It's like I will be out of breath. I don't care. Full sprint. So, dude, I take off towards camp. I'm like, I'll come back and sign after I'm done. Yeah. I get to that toilet about the time I start to pull my pants down. It just decides it's time. Got right on the back waistband oh. of my pants. Right on the back waistband. I guess and at least it didn't soil everything, but still. You're that close. The only thing that helped out was that we had a lot of wet wipes there in the toilet, and we had sanitizer. So I, I pull them down the rest of the way, mm-hmm. and I see it there. I'm just like, Ugh. oh, clean up time. So I, I did my business, mm-hmm. and then I spent 15 minutes cleaning my pants, oh. like just wet wipes, sanitizer. So there was a little bit of soap that I had, and and man, I just worked. I mean, they were probably the cleanest they'd ever been. <laughs> But, dude, if you're in the backcountry and that happens... I know. You don't have an extra pair of pants. You're not sitting around with extra pants. You're not sitting around with an extra... You're not... You don't have a lot of extra things. Mm. We had porters that were bringing stuff up. Yeah. Like, we were eating three-course meals sometimes with the food they brought up. It was awesome. Wow. Like, we'd always have a soup. We'd always have a meat. We'd always have a, a vegetable, and there would always be a dessert. Mm. Every single meal. But you're paying for it. Yeah. You know, we had to pay, like, $2,600 to climb the mountain. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that food was paid for. But when you're backcountry hiking on your own and you're carrying all your own stuff, you just don't have all that extra stuff. And uh, so, yeah, that 
sometimes holding it's just not a good call, man. Just just <laughs> find an off trail, get on it, go fi- get in the backwoods, get a tree, do your business, cover up your cat hole, and come back. Like, what's the sometimes holding it's just not good. These toilets that they're carrying, what's the situation there? Is it a seat in a chemical five gallon? To- it's a chemical toilet. What does that mean? So they have chemicals that they pour into it, which kind of breaks down the material uh-huh. and also has a more pleasant aroma okay. than your stuff. And then what they'll have is they've got guys that come up and go down every day. Oh. So guys will come up and grab, take it down. The next uh-huh. person will bring up the new stuff. Oh, okay. I mean, these guys, man, I'm telling you, porters are beasts. Yeah, that's their job is they, just to be a beast and walk oh up and Oh, my down. gosh. And they're so freaking, like... Athletic is yeah. the best way I can put it because you would have to be. You're climbing a 19,000-foot mountain. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Well, and, they're not doing the whole thing, right? But they're doing. sometimes they're doing six and 7,000 feet a day. Wow. You know, climbing up it and then going back down it. You'd think that would make me sick. Yeah. That but, much elevation gain. But I guess when you live there and your body's acclimated to it. Because, like, like, when I sat down to use the bathroom, I was winded. Yeah. Like, I was afraid I was going to black out at first because I got real lightheaded, and then I caught my breath, and I was okay. And uh, so then I got done, and I needed to go sign in, and one of the porters came over and was talking to me. We were hanging out, and he goes, he goes, have you signed in? I was like, no. He goes, I'll go with you. And then he just bounds across the rocks like it's nothing, and I'm like, hey, I'm not doing that. So even at camp, you can't move very fast. Well, no, you're still at the elevation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're at 16,000 feet, you're at 16,000 feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and to put it in perspective, that's 2,000 feet higher than any mountain in the continental U.S. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Like, That's high. In the lower 48, mm-hmm. there is no mountain that even comes close to that. We still have another three or 4,000 feet to go after that. Beast mode, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, it's different. But uh, that, all that to say, don't play the poop. Don't poop in the woods game. It's dangerous. <laughs> it's a dangerous gamble. And uh, I mean... <laughs> Sometimes, if it's an overnight, that's one thing. But if you're doing multiple days in the woods, don't play that game. I think it's Dixie at Homemade Wonderlust on YouTube is uh, was the person that said you're not a real hiker until you're or like a not a real long distance backpacker until you pooped on yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. I still haven't done it. Still haven't pooped on myself. But I am going to tell you my close scare the last time I played the Don't Poop in the Woods game. Okay, I got to hear this. Okay, so the last time was whenever. Uh, Myself, Goat, Hunter, and Jason went to Linville Gorge, and we were on our last day, and all we had to do was pack up and hike like four miles to the car. But I I had pooped, I think, the previous day, or maybe it was the day before, because we had come by some bathrooms. We had to shuttle cars right, right, for multiple days. And I was like, man, we only got four miles to the vehicle. I can feel it setting in. You know, all that, that food that you eat backpacking, all that terrible food, <laughs> which I'm going to talk more about in a minute. Right. But we're heading up, and I remember we were probably a mile, maybe a little more from the vehicle, and it's all uphill that last little bit. The whole thing, all uphill. So we kept going on these switchbacks, man, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then then it gets to the point where you're like, oh, Gonna stop for a second. Uh huh. Gonna stop for a second and just wait. And uh, finally, it got to the point. I was I was in the very back of the pack, <laughs> slowest walking. And I was like, "There's no way I can make it to the car. Yeah. We're we're gonna have to find a spot." So I had to go up. It was funny. <laughs> Jason and Goat were laughing, and I was like, "Guys, I have to stop." I have to go. So I had to like climb around. So the switchbacks are going up right, the hill. Right, right. You only have switchbacks typically when it's pretty steep. Yeah. So we get to a switchback and it's about to curve back left. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I have to stop here. So I just keep following and I, I had to walk around and go up the hill and almost toward like this little cave area. And then Hunter, I, I can still hear them from how far away I am. Right. And I'm like, it's happening now. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, so I I don't remember if I dug my cat hole first or had to wait, <laughs> but there was a cat hole involved, <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes it's such an emergency. It's a post cat hole? Yeah, it's a post cat hole, and you got to rake it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Hunter, I hear Hunter, and he's like, 
guys, I got to go too. I'm not going to make it to the car. And there's nowhere, there's nowhere to go except for the direction I'm in. And Hunter's like, Hey, Jeremiah, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming around too. I have to go too, man. I'm not going to make it. And so <clears throat> I'm like, all right, man. He's like, okay, hold on. Don't start yet. Don't start yet. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, it's already started. You can't, you can't stop that. <laughs> and so you can't stop I'm that. like, just don't look up this way. So he walks like 50 feet in front of me down the hill, looking the other direction and then walks on around the bend. But I just couldn't make it any farther, man. Sometimes you play oh, it for man. so long. And sometimes there's just not a good spot. Yeah. Like sometimes you got to make it work. I was in the Smokies and we were hiking what's known as the Little River Trail. Mm-hmm. Real simple trail. It's like 1200 feet of elevation over 7 miles. I yeah. mean it's like nothing, right? So, uh it's me and my buddy Josh. You've met Josh. Mm-hmm. You've helped him find his cell phone when it got stolen. <laughs> yeah, um, that was fun. <laughs> but uh we were coming down the hill and it was the next day, the next morning, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to get out early because I my daughter had dance. I'm a, I've got a three year old girl, and she loves to dance, and she takes dance classes and all that stuff. So I had to uh, get down the mountain as quickly as we could, get to the car, and get home in time to get her to dance. Mm-hmm. And so we got down early, which is no big deal. He's a marine; yeah. he gets up at the crack of dawn, anyways. So we're hiking down, but you've got a river on one side at all times. It's always there. Not pooping there. You're not pooping anywhere. You can't poop anywhere near the river. Like, mm-hmm. you've got to be so many hundreds of feet away from a river. Yeah. You know, to do that. And so we weren't doing that. And then the other side was an incline, like almost like a cliff in places. And you're not going there either, you know? And so we just had to hold it until we got down to a spot where the, the trail widens out and gets really nice because mm-hmm. that's where all the sightseers that's where they finally stop hiking and they go back to their cars <laughs> yeah you know so so we finally got to that section i look over and i see four trails just going off into nowhere and i went poop trails yeah poop trail or view it's gotta be like, one or the I, other I know that's what it is and so i just took one of those trails back and was able to do that but I, if i had waited much longer man wasn't gonna make it it's gonna be bad yeah it's gonna be I can, real bad i didn't want to do that i really can't imagine a whole lot of worse things in the backcountry besides the injury of Compared to like having to walk out with diarrhea um, on your underwear, oh, shorts. would yeah. that not be the worst? Imagine two miles walking in that. Oh, I, I wouldn't want to talk about the pain. That would uh, be awful. You'd have to, you'd have to take the underwear off and go commando. I think. Yeah. Maybe even uh, tr- try to wash your pants somehow and just walk with them wet. Yeah. I don't know. You might need to start a little fire and burn those things. Like, <laughs> you ugh. can't walk out naked. <laughs> Oh, it's awful. Now, sometimes on the last day, though, I will I will wear my camp clothes out. Yeah. You know, if I'm close to the car, even if I'm wearing, like, um, leggings or something that I slept in. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always bring tights, mm. like, when I'm out backpacking. Even when I'm wearing pants, because if it's going to be cold, yeah, my pants not, may not be enough. So I always bring tights just in case. Mm. So if something was to happen, and I just had to hike out in tights, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could do that if I had to. So I there's, there's I, always that option. Yeah, that's true. I have the Under Armour 3.0s, and hiking in those, unless it's pretty cold, you're going to sweat, but s- sweat is a lot better than poopy walk. Oh. <laughs> I always bring I always bring friction guard or friction whatever that stuff is from uh, Old Spice. It's like, uh, or not Old Spice. Yeah, like it is the Old body Spice. Glide yeah, stuff? Yeah, it's a body glide like stuff. Like the equivalent? Yeah. Yeah. I'll bring, Ar- it's Arm & Hammer. Arm & Hammer, like, friction control or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's like, like a deodorant, that. but it's for uh, friction reduction. Basically lubes up your legs so you don't, like... <laughs> so you don't get chafed. Get all chafed and get bat wings. So okay. it's like... <clears throat> so that's one thing. Yeah, I don't, have one. Don't play the don't poop in the woods game too much. Because yeah. that's dangerous. What's, now, what's always, always do play the don't poop in the woods game, but you got to draw the line. you got to have a line, man. Yeah. you got to have a line. Or... Some people really, really enjoy pooping in the woods. And if that's you, don't play the poop in the woods Heck game. Heck no. Or don't play don't play the don't poop in the woods game. That's right. Yeah. Go poop. Do, do your thing. Yeah. So here's mine. What you're not supposed to do. <laughs> and I do it literally every single time, even if I don't want to, and I don't know why. Yeah. Bring in lots of junk food. Only junk yes. food. Exclusively junk food. I do it all the time, man. I'm even going to take it a step further and say bring so much food. You're overestimating what you think you'll eat in the woods. Ah, uh, you can eat it, but you probably won't. No, like let's be honest. Like I finally, the last couple trips I've been on, mm-hmm. left the trip with hardly anything. Like maybe a granola bar. Yeah, I got back to the truck from our last trip, and I had a pack of nabs, and I was like, "This is a good snack for on the way home." There you go. I t- I made it. I 
I scheduled it out perfectly because I like to do a breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks in between, and then snack after dinner yeah. just in case. So sometimes I'll even put it in Ziploc bags and stuff and coordinate it for the days or for the meals. Yeah. But sometimes I'll just be like, I'm going to bring this whole bag of trail mix. And then I will eat that sucker. <laughs> you know, it's terrible. The peanuts hurt my stomach. I think they're really? really hard to digest. Yeah. But I think here's the problem. I think the problem is one time I was going to a buddy's to watch the Super Bowl. And his brother answered the door. And he looked like he'd been asleep. And I was like, hey, man, you okay? He's like, yeah, I was taking a nap. I don't feel super great. Uh, I was like, really? What's wrong? He's like, I just haven't felt great yesterday. And, um, you know, the past couple of days I've had diarrhea pretty bad and threw up. And I'm like, wow, this doesn't sound good. And I was spending the night there. You yeah. Know? I was in a yeah. different city. And so I had snacked on the way home from that trip after being exposed to him. And he hadn't felt well. This is pre-COVID. Yeah. He hadn't felt well. The COVID? The COVID. He didn't have the COVID. It didn't exist at this point. <laughs> well, it did. It just wasn't COVID-19. Yeah, it wasn't COVID-19. Yeah. So pre-COVID-19. On the way home, I ate like half a bag of Cajun Trill Mix. And <laughs> I know. But it was a three-hour drive, Dude, man. Dude, I ate that stuff. It was good. I, well, I thought it was delicious, and I haven't had it since. Here's what happened, dude. I got home, and I was like, Bridget, I don't feel super great. And if you're a new viewer, that's that's my wife. Yeah. So I don't feel super great. I'm like, I, I think I'm going to go lay down. So took a nap, and then I went to bed that night. And it's like, oh, that Cajun trail mix, those peanuts, they're really hurting my stomach. Well, I think it was a combination in that. And what I came to find out was a stomach flu. So I woke up. I went to sleep. At so like, that dude had stomach flu and gave it to you. Had stomach flu and gave it to you. I was the only one that got sick. Oh. I woke up at like... 12 or one, uh, 12 a.m. or 1 a.m. And sure enough, bro, I hate throwing up. That's the last time I threw up was when I had the stomach flu like a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. That's yeah. good. Hate it. So I'll do anything in my power to not. And I woke up at like 12 a.m. or 1 a.m. And I like immediately ran to the toilet. Oh, and I was like, poor God. Just puking my guts out. It was awful, man. Yeah, that's not fun. No. It's not fun. But. I will say this. When you're backpacking, mm. almost everybody overestimates what they're going to eat when they're backpacking. Yeah. Everybody thinks that I'm going to bring like all these snacks and when I'm hiking, I'm going to like snack while I'm I'm going to tell you right now. I bring two packs of Welch's fruit snacks that mm. are the little snack packs, just little tiny ones. The gummy. I don't even eat both of those most of the time when I'm hiking. I just don't for me when I'm hiking, I don't really get hung. I don't really want to eat. Mm -hmm. Now, if I start feeling like my energy's dropping, I might grab a pack of those to get a little boost of energy. But that's it. I don't, I don't eat when I'm. But I always bring like, I used to like Lara bars and gummies, and I would bring. Uh, oh, what's the one everybody's Cliff bars? Man, I won't yeah, touch. I will not touch another Cliff bar. No more Cliff bars for you. Cliff bars are done, man. Bridget I still buys them. Needs them here. Overdid the Cliff bars for me, but that's another story for another day. But. <laughs> I, I got tired of the fact that I was carrying because food is heavy. Mm -hmm. Food is dense and and it's heavy, and so when you bring extra food, you're just throwing weight on your back for no reason. Yeah. So trying to figure out what am I realistically going to eat on the trail mm -hmm. is huge. I think it really helps to have a uh, like even if you take a notebook paper and make a grid and be like, okay, I'm going Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, I'm going to need a snack and dinner. Yep. Saturday, I'm going to need breakfast, lunch, dinner. And maybe a couple snacks. Right. But, you know, I normally do bring an extra. So, like, I'll have all that planned out. I'll be like, you know, it won't hurt to bring one more snack. So, I'll bring, like, an entire bag of Doritos or something like that. Just over the top. It's a campfire snack. Yeah. And you can start a campfire with those Doritos. You can start a campfire with Doritos. They're an yeah. emergency fire starter. Yeah. Allegedly. No, they work. I've, I've done it. Yeah. I saw Jason do it. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man. What are you going to do with all those Doritos? He's like, I'm going to start a fire with them. Watch, I'm going to put it in my video. I was like, okay, will you save me a couple? That's my favorite <laughs> chip. He's like, yeah, I'll save you some, man. And I was setting up my hammock. I went up there, and there's a nice fire going. I was like, where's the rest of the Doritos? He's like, used them all, man. <laughs> used them all. Didn't get a single one. But you had a nice fire. 
had a nice fire. It was worth it. I you didn't brought spend my any money on the Doritos, so you didn't lose no. any money. So that works out well for you. I'm always looking for a handout on the trail, he, bro. But he just spent three fifty to make a, a fire. Yeah. Well, I think he ate the rest of the Doritos. He just had like a little Ziploc bag. Oh, uh, is that all it was? Okay. Yeah. I got you. I thought maybe it was like a whole bag of Doritos. I'm like, man, that dude's really want a fire to like go. Oh, wow. Yeah, a whole pile of Doritos. Could you imagine? Yeah, you could actually buy fire starters like a whole pack for three fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw some the other day at this, like, there's this place in Kentucky. I think it's in other states, too, but it's called Rural King. Rural King, yeah. Yeah, I went there, and they had, like, a buck fifty for these little fire starters. I buy the whole box of the Duraflame. They're, yeah. like, uh, a couple inches long. Yeah. They burn for a long time. And you can break off a small piece. You don't have to use the whole thing. Mm, I like to break them in half. Yeah. But so. if you want to use the whole thing, if, like, it's wet out there, it'll burn yeah. for a long time. Well, I just I just know that when, when I started backpacking, mm-hmm. I brought way too much food. Yeah. I just really overestimated food, like way too much. And uh, when I went to Alabama, it was the first time when I got done with the trip. Mm. We got off the trail. I ate my last pack of Welch's fruit snacks, and there was no food in my food bag. Good feeling? Oh, my gosh. It was awesome because I didn't feel like I wasted energy on carrying extra weight that I didn't need to carry. Now, on the other hand, you could accidentally not bring enough food. Now, I haven't ran into that because I'm always over the top with it. Yeah. But you could go the other direction and say not bringing enough food because there is a happy medium there. Well, what I did on on our last trip that we went on, Mm -hmm. I had brought... I was... I I had brought it. I ate it that night after we got back because I didn't get to eat it on trail. But I had made a pork tenderloin at home, Mm -hmm. and I just undercooked it. Just barely undercooked it so that I could, when I heat it up by the fire, it would actually cook it up to where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, rice with that. So I had rice and pork tenderloin. And then I had one of those complete cookies because it's not a ton of calories that I brought. Mm-hmm. So I brought a complete cookie to have for my snack. Mm-hmm. And then I had a thing of gran- granola for the next day. Well, I left the pork tenderloin at the, ha- at the, at the truck in my cooler. Like when yeah. I went back after we all got back to our trucks, I went back and opened it up and saw it in there and just shook my head. Wonder what the best strategy is to avoid because I've I forgot stuff in the truck too. I wonder what the best strategy is to avoid doing that. Well, for me, it's don't be a dummy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the biggest thing. Well, and honestly, most of the time I don't I don't worry about it because I usually just drive straight to the trailhead and start hiking. Mm-hmm. But we stopped and had lunch, and so I just yeah. didn't want to leave it in the truck. Yeah, you wanted to keep for it for a couple cold. hours. Yeah, I wanted to keep it cool, and uh, I knew when we started hiking it was gonna be like forty five degrees out, so I wasn't worried yeah. about it getting all out of shape when we were hiking. Mm. But because we were stopping for lunch, that's why I brought the cooler and kept it in the cooler because I just didn't want it yeah. to sit in a hot truck or something. That's a good hack, too, the cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will bring drinks and stuff that yeah, whenever they get back to the vehicle, you'll have a nice cold drink, especially if it's in the summertime. Throw oh, some that's water the Gatorade. best in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we did Grayson Highlands, my buddy Josh brought a trailer, or a, a trailer, he brought a, a cooler and filled it with AL-8s. Oh, yeah. Now, if you're not from Kentucky and you don't know what an AL-8 is, go to your local uh, Cracker Barrel and find an AL-8 because it's made in Winchester, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It is a ginger ale type of soft drink. Yeah. A little sweeter. It's almost like a touch flat compared yeah. to normal ginger ale. It's not super spicy or anything. But, uh, man, it is – some people call it Kentucky swamp water. Yes. I call it Kentucky champagne. I think it's like <laughs> – I think it's fantastic. And uh, we brought – a cooler full of those and got to the trailhead, got in the truck, pulled those out. And there was a guy, this old dude sitting in a camp chair in the parking lot. Uh And so we start talking to him and he goes, you guys got any more of those ginger ales? (laughs) Like, would you like one? He goes, yeah, if you got one. So we gave him one, found out this dude had done the AT 10 times, 10 times, 10 times and was on his way southbound. Doing it again. Wow. And we caught up with him in, in Grayson Highlands. Do you think you'd get bored doing it 10 times? Do you think that you'd want to change it up and do a different trail? Apparently not, because that, that guy keeps doing it. Yeah. So I, I can I can only imagine that, like, as you hike, you see new things. Right. You know? And because he's already done it, it's not like he has to strictly stick to it. Mm-hmm. So he may be taking some off trails and some side trails and doing things yeah. that you didn't get to do the first time. So, and knowing where that goes through, there are so many places. Mm-hmm. Like, I've hiked along parts of the AT in several places in Virginia, actually. And, like, there's so many trails off to the side of the AT Mm. that they're not going to get to do. Like, when I was in Grayson Highlands, we could have taken the AT to Mm. go back 
to the car at the end of the day. But I didn't want to do that because I heard there was another trail that had better views. Yeah. And am I glad I did because I was right. Yeah. Like we got to see some amazing, like just vast miles long views. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was beautiful. And so I would say like when you've done it so many times, you're probably thinking this time I'm going to go see some of these places I didn't get to see before. Yeah. I remember there's um, quite a few times whenever we were doing the Foothills Trail. That whole area, weaving back and forth between North and South Carolina. Yeah. You're going from Table Rock to Oconee or the other way, whichever way, west to east or east to west, whichever one you want to go. And there's so many, uh, they call it blue blazing, right? That's right, You're right. going off your main trail. Like on the AT, it's white blazes, and then the blue marks off trails. And to, if you're yellow blazing, <laughs> you're, you're riding cheating. In the, <laughs> you're riding in the car. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. And uh, there was a... At the time, there was a backpacking YouTuber. I don't. I don't think she's around anymore. But mm. uh, she was getting blamed of that, and someone said, "Oh, she's yellow blazing." I'm like, "What the heck is yellow blazing?" There's so many. There's so many lingos. Yeah. And every I found that everything has its own lingo. Like I've been studying up about this motorcycle, and there's a completely oh, yeah. different vernacular. Oh yeah. Toward that too. Yeah. You know, and signals. I learned that and, when I moved to Kentucky. Yeah. Complete the yeah. You have the to put language. the in front of everything. The yeah, and there's there's a lot of uh, like long or shortening of vowel sounds. The the constant use of the word kin, kin was something yeah. I wasn't used to. Usually, where I grew up, it was family, and yeah. I moved to Kentucky, and they started talking about their kin. He's my kin. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. kin to each other. Yeah, kin folk. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I was like, I remember moving down here and going. Like Ken and Barbie, like what? What are you talking about? Yeah, well, there's a lot of long eyes too. Yeah, yeah. like and it's and like words like like Ben or Ben, Ben, yeah, yeah, not Ben, 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 almost like like French, like muy bien, <laughs> yeah, you know, muy bien. Uh, that's Spanish. It's all, bien is also a French word. Oh, is it French, yeah, too? That's a French word too? I didn't take yeah, French. Yeah, I yeah. took Spanish. So um, anyway, so, I was I was on the foothills trail, and it was me and Bridget and Kristen and Kevin. And we went together, and we had this little study booklet, and it shows, like, the path. And it's basically a guide, like yeah. a little guidebook, right, pocket size. Yeah. And then it has all these little off-trails that you can do. So oftentimes, we would drop pack and then walk the quarter of a yeah. mile. Because yeah, yeah. in that area, there's so many waterfalls. I remember one, um, if you want to check out the video, it's on my channel. It's... uh. Upper Whitewater Falls or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but you can look on there in my Foothills Trail section. And it is massive. It is so big. We took this off trail, and it was all stairs the whole way. Terrible. Yeah. But you couldn't see the whole waterfall. It was so long. And you could saw hundreds of feet of it. You know? I was like, what in the world? And there's two different vantage points, one at the bottom, one at the top. Literally can't see the whole thing in one, I guess, unless you had a drone. Wow. Yeah, you got to check out the video, bro. That's pretty cool. I did yeah. watch the video. Yeah. Up or something. Up or white. I, I never realized, I guess, watching it that, that you couldn't see the whole thing unless you had the two different views. Yeah. And Kevin and Bridget, they didn't want to walk up there and see it at all. The hiking is so hard, and we we're putting in so many miles. So How long is the Foothills Trail? It was like 70... 75, 76, somewhere. It was under 80. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. 73 and a half, so something like that. about a week of hiking. Yeah, we did it in five days. Yeah, it's about a week. So we, I think we done like 21 and a half miles the last day, which is a crappy last day. Well, but you guys also had, your wife had an injury. Yeah, she had to come so off she had trail. she come off trail. Kevin was completely mentally like done with it. He's more about like riding side-by-sides and four-wheelers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So hiking's a different ball game because you got to ride your legs right yeah yeah so they both uh they both hopped off they were good yeah they were good and that's okay that's yeah. okay yeah we so. finished i slack packed Kristen, she Dude, refused to i i, I did some <laughs> slack packing on the sheltoe like that's we, a... we had a buddy lived in in uh, london uh -huh. and we actually stayed at his house a couple nights mm-hmm and so he would pick us he picked us up the one day we got to uh, laurel lake and there's a little restaurant area down there at the marina. Yeah. And so we stopped and grabbed some pizza, and then he met us there, picked us up, and brought us to his house, and let us stay the night at his house. Uh-huh. The next day, he brought us out to the trail and dropped us off, and we just brought enough for some snacks and water. Yeah. Hiked 15 miles. He picked us up at the next trailhead, 
brought us back to his house. We spent the night again, <laughs> and we got to wash our clothes, man. You know about this. Showers oh. and washing your clothes on a long trail are like heaven. Yeah. So then he drops us off again one more day. We slack pack again, and at this point, Brian's feet were blistered beyond belief, man. He was just brutalized because mm-hmm. Shell Toy has so many water crossings. Yeah. And to hike, you're never going to hike with dry feet until mm-hmm. you get probably north of Rock Castle County. Yeah. You finally kind of get away from so many of the water crossings. You're still mm-hmm. going to get wet feet, but not to the not to the level you do in the Big South Fork and that southern section of it. But um, so we got slack pack for three days. It's wonderful. And yeah, and then the last day he just he came and dropped off our backpacks and we picked up our backpacks and then camped and went on. People think it's cheating. No. I think it's cheating. You're hiking the miles. That's what I think too. Like Kristen People do it on the AT. I mean, when you take a zero day, yeah. You're going to a hotel and mm-hmm. you're doing all that. And there were I mean, you hiked with somebody on the long trail where they had people meeting them at every spot and bring them new clothes. Yeah, new clothes and food. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of weight not to have to carry. I think that um I think there are some black and white areas. Like, if if you're going to say you through hiked it, you can't skip sections. Yeah, you need to hike the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm fine. Is I don't care if you slack pack it or not. I don't care if you slept in a van every single night. I think it's fine. Yeah. I just got a message. <laughs> okay. I just got a text. It was from Brian Carpenter, aka the Flash. Yeah. And I got to read what he said. Uh, we had him on, and uh, he's hiked the AT. If you haven't heard that episode, make sure you check it out. So, uh, I, he okay, I'll, I'll read it another time. It's just funny. He he left a comment, and he, he told me something, and now he's going, dude, I was totally joking about that. I didn't actually mean that. So, <laughs> funny stuff. Anyways, so. Uh, he's who you um, hiked the show. I hiked, oh, yeah, I hiked, hiked about 200 miles of it with him. Yeah. Yeah, and then I hiked the last 150 or whatever it was by myself. Yeah, I swear that thing is like they said it was three twenty three. It was not three hundred twenty three miles. Yeah, you know you walked every step. Yeah, it was not three hundred twenty three miles. I remember there was one section we hiked where it said it was thirteen miles, and I hiked seventeen point eight. Yeah, that's that's pretty off. I'm gonna be doing some of it soon, and I'm not excited about. Uh, I saw on the map there's some road walking. On yeah, there. oh, you're gonna have a lot of road walking, but they're working on it. They're they're making they're trying to get that off of the roads. Yeah. So it's so hard whenever you're you have a trail like we had on um, Rue McKenrick, mm-hmm. and he is he's mapping out and it's his like life goal and his lifelong journey. He's doing the American Perimeter Trail, right, right, which goes around the perimeter of the U.S. And it's so hard whenever you are trying to do a trail or trying to maintain a trail. And there's stretches, there's gaps where you have to walk the road and you want to take it off the road. But you run into some people are not responsible when it comes to leave no trace. And not only like don't practice leave no trace, but don't practice it at all. Because growing up in the backcountry, like in Kentucky, sometimes leave no trace, there's some gray areas. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't care a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of backpackers are like, okay, there's no gray areas. This this is what you need to stick to, right? And some people take it to the extreme, and they're like, "Okay, if you're using a trekking pole, then you are damaging the environment." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have all over the spectrum. Well, what that turns into is if people like if you let let's say you're a property owner, right? And you're right. like, "Yeah, I'll let this trail come through here," and then people abuse the trail, or you know, they're riding things on it whenever they should be walking it, right? And they're leaving trash or what have you or they're getting off trail going on your property mm-hmm. making fire rings and camp and establishing mm-hmm. campsites that other people trees. start using taking your trees down yeah um and and i know for some of them there's farms yeah and like i know there's a section where you actually walk through a guy's farm there's cows all around you yeah on the long trail i'll walk through uh, farms with chickens you had to cross um they had built stairs over electric fences. Yeah. You had to climb over multiple electric fences. Yeah. On these like little ladder things. Yeah, and and what I found is that a lot of people who don't want that trail in their property, they put up electric fences so you can't get in their property. Mm-hmm. And they put up warning signs saying this is not for backpacking and hiking. Yeah, no trespassing. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, like if you are gonna be backpacking you have to do it semi-responsibly, especially private property like that. Mm-hmm. I think that it's important that 
you're never condescending or pushing things on other people or coming across the wrong way. But let it be known that we also need to be respectful, especially people are, you know, I think that most of these people that let the the trails come through their property are not backpackers. Yeah. They just happen to own that property. And so we will really give backpacking a bad name and a bad rep if uh, (laughs) we're just going through their trash in it. And I'm going to take that to another tip for today. Oh, yes. All right. I love it. Do not establish new campgrounds. Don't establish new campsites. Campsites, Mm -hmm. I should say. Do not establish new campsites. Mm -hmm. If it's most places you go, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Some places it's okay. I mean, there are places that, like in the Red River Gorge right now, they're getting ready to change that. There are some new laws that are coming in. I don't know if you knew this, but they're getting ready to do some new laws with the Red River Gorge where you can't uh, camp where there aren't, there isn't already an established campsite there. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of the stealth camping that, like Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, does, he may not be able to do. Mm -hmm. I don't think it'll stop him. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. It's pretty we'll lawless see. out yeah, there. It is. It is. And uh, but don't do that. Like, just don't do it. Yeah. You know, if, if especially in areas where it's not supposed to be done, mm. um, you want to hear somebody get on a, on, on a soapbox about it. Talk to Devin Ashby. Yeah. Um, he, he really gets upset about that. And so does uh, so does plug it in Darwin. Yeah. These guys, they don't want they're they're so. Because of all the cities and all of the stuff that we've built, the industrialization of the United States, mm-hmm. there are only certain places where it's still wild. Right. And part of, of backpacking is getting into the wild. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to start ruining all the wild spaces by putting campsites everywhere mm-hmm. where they don't need to be. Yeah. And, and building fire rings and, and doing all this because to do that, you have to kill off trees and and things in that area to make an open space where you can do that Mm -hmm. um you're tearing up the ground building fire rings and doing all of that you're taking and this is one of those things that i I don't know what i feel about it honestly but like going into a a stream or a creek and pulling out all the rocks Mm -hmm. to build the fire rings because that's where all those rocks come from Mm -hmm. um don't do it just don't do it like there there are campsites use those yeah the the creek rocks um I mean, I've definitely used them to keep the fire from spreading out, but they also can bust. I found that, like, the rocks that are in the creeks, they're really prone to popping and cracking. Yeah. I remember um, one time we were having our life group meet at the lake, because I live around Lake Cumberland. Yeah. And so we had a fire there, and they have all these campsites that you can rent. They're primitive campsites, so no electric and water. And so it was the fall and we were all sitting around in a circle, and um, I made us a fire. But all throughout the meeting, the rocks kept popping and like land, like they hit your legs, and they're hot. You yeah, because it's so, sitting next to the fire. Mm-hmm. Well, they're popping from out of the fire because the, they weren't given a chance to really dry out. Probably, I don't know what it yeah. is, but those those rocks. You have to be careful with the rocks around the water if you do use them, because they can definitely pop. Well, the what you have to remember is those rocks have been sitting in water, mm-hmm. and so they're porous. Rocks are porous, yeah. So there's water filling those areas. So what happens when water boils? It yeah. expands, and what does it do when it expands? It has to push its way out. Mm-hmm. So what's it going to do? It's going to bust. The it's going to bust up a rock. So yeah. you, if you're going to do that, you need to let those rocks sit out for a while and dry out before you use them. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And I'd say one of the worst things in the world could be like one of those hitting you in the eye while you're five miles from the nearest road. Yeah. You know, you could definitely you could definitely come away with the injury. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna tell you something else. I can't remember. Oh yeah. I do think that you can stealth camp responsibly for sure. Yeah. And I think that uh, if you are gonna stealth camp and a lot of people do it a lot of the time. Yeah. You can you can avoid building a fire. You can also have a fire. But um like I if I stealth camp and there's not an established campsite there, I try to you cr- basically create a pad whenever you lay your tent there. Right. Or if you have your hammock and you walk where you walk around. Right. So what I try to do is one thing little is like try to fluff it back up. Right. Because once I leave there, theoretically it should look like I've never been there. Right. So if I'm using a hammock, I'm not using rope for the straps because I don't want to damage the tree. I'm using actual thick straps that right. are rated for what I need it for, like yeah. my weight and my hammock. But 
I think there's responsible ways to do it too. Yeah, I'm not saying don't stealth camp. I'm saying don't mm. establish a new campsite. Yeah, that's that's something you don't want to do because to do that you do have to damage that area mm-hmm. to do it. And if you go to the Red River Gorge, they're really good about if there's an area that's just been used too much, mm-hmm. they cut it off. Yeah, they put rope around it, and they're like, hey, do not camp here. Do not camp here, yeah, yeah. so that can grow back up. Uh, we noticed that, or I noticed that when I was in uh, the Smokies, too. Mm. They'll shut down campsites after a while if they're if they're getting too used up, Yeah, which is good. It's really good. And then the good thing about the Smokies, too, is you're not supposed to stealth camp. Yeah. They have so many campsites through the Smokies, and they're nice. Yeah, you had to schedule them, but they have the bear hanging poles yeah with the the line going across like actually established real pulley system yeah they're nice now i have did i tell you about almost um killing somebody in the smokies using the bear lines no (laughs) so there's a bunch of us that went and um two of the people were miyagi on the trail or brad which we've talked about before Yeah, yeah and his daughter now his daughter she hung her food bag, and she hung it way before I hung mine because I wanted to snack around, and then I hung mine later. You know, there's right. cables. Right. You don't have to worry about Super how Super easy to do. Yeah. So, anyway, she there's like little hooks, and instead of snapping her bag around the the loop that pulls up, there's just little S hooks on there, right, too. Right, right, And the bottom side is just open, so you just you can snap your bag and just hang it on that loop, but... It could fall off. Right. So, I don't know how i done this. It was really stupid. I don't know if I was jarring the cable too much or what. I may have, like, I think I accidentally lost my grip on it, and then I grabbed a hold of it, and it shook the whole line. I think I was lowering somebody else's down because all the spots were taken. I was right, like, okay, right. I'll just snap mine with Jason's or whoever's was hung up there. Right. So I think that I lost control of it, and I grabbed it, and it shook the whole line, and her bag fell. Those are like 20 feet up, you know, 25 right. feet up. They're high, so the bears can't get them. And <laughs> that that thing came right down beside somebody, almost hit them in the head. I don't think it would have hurt them real bad. but uh, How jacked up was her food, though? From her <laughs> so that was the thing. I don't think she knew about it. I think that um, Brad was there, but I don't think she knew about it till the next morning. And the next morning, <laughs> she had one of those plastic coffee cups, you know, and it was it had a big crack in it. It was unusable. Oh, no. Yeah. Miyagi, luckily, he is prepared for every situation. Miyagi, the reason he's got the name Miyagi is because he is a sensei. <laughs> he's a sensei. He's man. a backpacking sensei. He'll teach you a thing or two. Yes, so he will. He was prepared, and I don't know if he used super glue or what. may have been super glue, and... uh he he put that thing back together. Probably had man. a welding gun with him and just, yeah. just <laughs> welded the side of it. Yeah, and it worked the rest of the trip. That's awesome. Yeah, nobody died. Her cup was repaired. Almost killed somebody. Yeah, I don't think somebody. I don't think it would have killed him. It might have maimed him pretty good. Not yeah. definitely would have knocked him out. She didn't have a ton of food either. Like I think that he was carrying some of the food. Well, that she they only weighs shared. like forty-seven pounds or something. Yeah, right? she's little. She's tiny. Yeah, but you never want anything falling from a high. Hot, no matter how small it up, is. Man, that'd be brutal. Yeah. So, so what's something else you would tell people? Don't do this. Um, I would probably say like know your limits. So for me personally, like I'm about to do a trip pretty soon where I just have a time span and I can hike however far I want. But sometimes you're on a time crunch, mm-hmm. and like I have been to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to fit as many 20 mile days as possible in. And it's resulted in injury. And then you have right. to like quit hiking for two or three days to let your body repair itself. You may have to go to the doctor, so then there's a medical bill. And plus, you're losing time during your time crunch. So all right. of a sudden, you had a week, and now you only have so many days. So I would say don't overestimate how much mileage you can do. If anything, underestimate it right. and finish the trail early. And enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And enjoy it, yeah. But... I'm excited to be able to take a trip where it doesn't matter how many miles I do. If I if I want to do 30, I can. If I want to do 50, I can. You want to do 10? If I want to do 10, I can. You can. Yeah. Just got to make sure I'm to a place where I can get picked up. Yes. You know, that's the thing with some of these longer trails. You know, if they're 40, 50 
300 miles long, whatever, sometimes you're going to go through a stretch where there's no access except by foot. Or if there's access, it's on some country road that's like all potholes mm-hmm. and gravel. Yeah, if you don't have a lifted four-wheel drive truck. You're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that is another thing to be aware of. But, yeah, I would definitely say something, something, something I always do that I shouldn't is like overestimating how much I can do. Yeah. So And some days you're also just not feeling it. You're like, and, okay, I got well, 10 miles in. This sometimes is a good you're day. trying to be like, you're trying to prove you can do something. Yeah. And it, sometimes that's not always a good idea. Yeah. It could be pride because you're with other people, or it could be your ego. Yeah. Just you by yourself, I can keep doing it. And I'm going to piggyback off of that. Uh-huh. I'm going to also say, don't wing it on your trips. Some don't planning. wing it, especially if you don't know where, if you've never been there before. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm getting ready to go to Dolly Sods. Mm-hmm. And um, by the time this is heard, I, I may have already gone on the trip. But. Uh, going to Dolly Sods, I've never been there. Yeah. And I just looked, I've got maps of the trails. I've got, um, got on all trails and saw trips that other people have done mm-hmm. and uh, have downloaded those GPX files. And I'm trying to figure out which route we're going to do as a group. And I have to take into account, like you were saying, how many miles can the guys hike? Mm-hmm. Not how just many, you, no, but everybody, everybody in, the group. in the group. Yeah. Because I don't want to. If I've got a buddy who's got a bum knee, but he still wants to go hiking, we only may only do like five or six miles for a day. Mm-hmm. But that five or six miles may take may take all six day. hours. You know, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what's, what that's going to be like. I mean, that's not what we're doing. But you don't you just don't know when you're t- when you're going with other people. So trying to figure out what everybody can handle mm-hmm. so that it's still something they're going to enjoy. Yeah, because that's the big thing. You don't want to push people to a point where it just stops being fun. Right. You want it to be fun. So planning planning your trip is really important. Taking advantage of uh, taking advantage of the situation you're in, mm-hmm. knowing um, you've got your paper maps, you've got a compass, you've got your online maps on your phone, or your GPS unit that you brought with you, or your watch. Like, what are you what are you doing to give yourself the best opportunity to be successful mm-hmm. when you're out on the trail? And that's that's where a lot of people screw up. Yeah, not that's, being prepared. Like. Ben McMillan told us a story where he was out backpacking and this these two ladies just randomly showed up in the middle of the night. They didn't have enough gear. Yeah, day hikers. Day hikers and didn't make a plan. Mm-hmm. They just showed up and yeah. then they got lost. And yeah. then they if they hadn't found Ben and his friend, who knows? They might have gotten hypothermia mm-hmm. and been really messed up because they didn't know what to do. Yeah. I'm sure that I have been in situations where um I mean, experience. I'm just going on a day hike, and I didn't look up enough. Yeah, but you see it all the time whenever you go to popular tourist destinations. Like we talk a lot about the gorge on on this podcast yeah. because it's within two hours of both of us, so yeah. we go there a lot. And even on our last trip, there was people that were hiking in, and you know they stopped us and they saw our big backpack, so they thought we spent the night, which we did. Like, oh, y'all spent the night. How was it? Blah blah blah. You're making small talk, and then. We asked them, are you going to check this out or that out? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And then they're asking, okay, which direction is it? <laughs> you know, they don't have a paper map. They haven't downloaded on their phone. At least download it on your phone, a couple people's phones. Yeah. So and, you have a backup. And it's so easy and it's free. Like a lot of these yeah. apps are just free. Just right. just get them and download the maps. Mm-hmm. You or know, print just, it yeah. from the, like, screenshot it, email it to yourself, print it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Or you can contact our sponsor for this episode, Art of the Trek, and you can get online and check out their online maps and plan your trip accordingly. Yes. And you can contact them and actually have them plan a trip for you. Yeah, they can uh, They can plan a trip for you. Now, they get a lot of requests, so you'd have to do that well in advance. Absolutely. And uh, they'll ask you a lot of questions about, like how many miles are you capable of, what type of terrain, elevation, those kind of things. And um, also, you can plan your own route, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's nice, too, is if you're somebody who knows an area well, you mm-hmm. can leave waypoints, or not waypoints, but you can leave highlights on the trail, post pictures of those places on that trail so people who are coming to find a trip or plan a trip can actually see what it looks like. Absolutely. Like, literal... Pictures that you can upload there so everybody can see what that that marker is. Like if it's an arch or something like that or yeah. a waterfall or, or just what an overlook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's such a great community-based 
uh, program that you can use. Yeah, so if you actually do want to check out Art of the Trek, you can go to artofthetrek.com, and basically what you're going to see on your browser is a map, and you're able to zoom in, scroll around on that map, and you can use all these overlays. Um, they're they're going to show you trails. They're going to show you um, water. Campsites. Camps, there's all kinds of different overlays you can add or take away if you don't want all that information. Like I know one is um, avalanche. Yes. It's for avalanches, like avalanche-prone areas. and Which like, are great out west, right, especially but, like in the high Sierras and places like that. Mm-hmm, but if you're like me and you live in Kentucky and you're planning a trip in Kentucky... You not don't, a lot of avalanches here. <laughs> no, like we finally had a white Christmas for the first time in forever recently. So we were like, wow, an inch and a half of snow, wonderful. Yeah. So there may be overlays that you don't want, that you don't need, and you can just turn those off. Just turn them off. Um, it's easily customizable, which is the big thing. And yeah. It gives you the opportunity to uh, to just plan your trips well, to know where you're going, to have a good idea of what it looks like. Because mm-hmm seeing landmarks as you're hiking is really helpful yeah. when you're trying to get where you're going. And I do love, I love whenever I can take a software or a website or whatever I'm using and it's user friendly and it's simple. And like, if I want to plan a trip, I want to be able to click on the trail and snap to it. Exactly. And Art of the Trek will do that. So thanks again, Art of the Trek, for yeah. sponsoring the episode. Thank you for sponsoring the episode. If you want to check them out, again, go to artofthetrek.com, uh, plan your own trip, or if you want them to plan a trip for you, again, they're super busy at that, and uh, you make don't be like, okay, I'm going on a trip next week. That's not enough notice. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> but what's good about them is they are looking for people to help them in doing this. Yeah. So contact Art of the Trek. You might be able to be somebody who can help plan trips for other people. Yeah, especially if you're somebody that has uh, quite a bit of experience. Like if you've hiked the AT, that's a lot of experience. A ton of experience. Yeah. So back to what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really important. Plan a trip. Don't wing yeah. it. Don't over it. Like what you said, don't overestimate what you can do. And another thing like for your trip, for instance, yeah, you have to be aware of your campsites too. Like say, for instance, you're going with eight people total. That's a big group in the woods. Right. And if the, everybody has a tent, it's going to be very hard a lot of times, depending on where you go. It's going to be very hard for you to find a spot that has eight um, places that you could put a tent. Right. So what can help out is, one, plan ahead of time where you – some potential camp spots. If you need to reserve them, reserve them. And if you don't reserve them, like it's an area that's just wilderness and all you have to have is a permit or you can just go in there, you may want to have some backup campsites. Right. Another thing you can do is if some people tent and hammock, then that gives you um, a wider variety of locations because if half the group is tenting, half is hammocking, then you don't need as many flat spots. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And Find out where water is, too. Yeah, water is super That's a huge one. Like, water and campsites are probably the two biggest things you need to know about Mm -hmm. when you're going backpacking. So, planning a trip is a huge thing. Don't wing it. it, 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 I'm not going to say life or death, but it could be. I mean, you're really risking a lot of things. You're risking injury, getting lost, hypothermia, uh, dehydration. There's just so much at risk. It's not worth it to just wing it. It's crazy... It's crazy to think, but um, if you don't know what you're doing and you go in the woods, it can be super, super dangerous. Yeah. Like, we do a lot of dangerous things every day. Like, you drove here, and you you know the risk. And at times faster than I should have. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't riding with you. No, you would have loved it. <laughs> so, there is risk involved. Accept that risk and educate yourself so that right. you know. Like, listen to this podcast, for instance. This, I mean... I think we do a good job, but any type of resource that you can use that's going to give you accurate and good information, informative. And we live in a time where there's more access to information than at any time in Mm -hmm. human history. The internet is such an amazing tool because you can find podcasts, videos, blogs, Mm -hmm. articles from magazines um, that are all about how to plan a trip, Mm -hmm. how to make sure that when you go on your trip, you're doing everything you need to do to give yourself the best opportunity to have the best trip. Because what it all comes down to is you want to go out and you want to enjoy being in the woods. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is to avoid the things that we just talked about today. 
And there's nothing wrong with when you're going somewhere, asking somebody that's already been. Exactly. Or if there's somebody in your group that's already been. And I would advise to better. do that. Please yeah. do that. That's, that's the best way to plan a trip. Mm-hmm. Absolutely the best way to plan a trip. Well, man, this has been a great episode. Yeah, yeah this man. Fun, fun. Man. This has been fun. A big thank you again to Art of the Trek for sponsoring the episode. Absolutely. And a uh, big thank you to everybody who's listening and watching on the Backpacking Podcast YouTube channel. Which, again, we're going to be pushing that a lot more this year. We really didn't do it this past year, but we're definitely going to push that a lot more this year. Yeah. Um, but, Jeremiah, thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge. <laughs> I do what I can. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> well, for myself and Jeremiah, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Adios, folks. Adios.